Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our study of the book of Ephesians, specifically chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. Living in unity cannot happen until we start with an understanding of who we are in Christ and a commitment to accurately apply the truth that God has revealed to us. So let's study the six traits God expects of you in light of who you are in Christ. Please follow along with Pastor Jim in today's slice of this week's message entitled, The Worthy Walk of Oneness, Part 2. Well, today come to uh, Ephesians uh, chapter 4. On our previous visit to Ephesians, we, we saw the beginning of a spectacular sentence which launches the second half of Ephesians. And it's an all-encompassing command that is in this sentence. It's like an umbrella that stands over the last three chapters of this book. As I told you, the book fits very conveniently into two halves. The first three chapters are very doctrinal. The second three chapters are very practice-oriented, and they are connected by the glorious prayer at the end of chapter 3, by the word, therefore, that begins chapter 4. Today we're going to finish putting the pieces together of this sentence to learn exactly what it is that God wants us to do to put in practice what it means to be in Christ. That's that theme statement that occurs 27 times in the book of Ephesians. So here's the whole sentence, and then we'll break it down into some component parts. Therefore, I... The prisoner of the Lord implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Now, we introduced that last time and we saw the the essence of the command. Walk is a very common metaphor in the New Testament. It means it's describing how you conduct yourself, how you live your life. Your walk would be um, your your Christian life, the way you walk through life. You've heard the expression, if you can't walk the walk, don't talk the talk. Well, if if your talk says, I'm a Christian, here's how to walk to make that be credible. These are the, the, the sum total of the activities of a person's life or your, or your lifestyle. Now, he says, I want you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you've been called. Well, the calling with which you've been called, you've been called to Christ. You've been brought to Him by faith. God has granted you repentance. He has, he has caused you to be born again. He's placed you into the, into the body of Christ. He's given you new life. He's adopted you as His child. He's put His Holy Spirit within you. All of that is your calling. And now he says, walk in a manner worthy of that. The phrase in English, in the manner worthy of, is all from one little uh, Greek adverb. It means worthily. And the, the root of it means weight. The idea of walking worthy of something is to give it the appropriate amount of weight, to place the right amount of importance on it. 
How important is, to, is it to you all that Christ has done for you? Well, supremely important. So, how do you live your life? As if what Christ did for you is supremely important and worthy of your total commitment and dedication. Now, as we walk in this manner worthy, it's going to lead to the expression of, in actual practice, our unity in Christ. The fact that we are one body in Christ. In chapter 2, there was a detailed explanation of, of the oneness that comes. Even bitter, factious, totally antagonistic groups like Jew and Gentile are brought together as one new man in Christ. Only in Christ can there be that kind of, of intrinsic, supernatural unity. And that's what we strive for, and nothing less than that, to bring people to Christ that we may be one in Him. So unity is part of what you are called to in Christ. It is something that God gives us in Christ. Living in unity can't happen, therefore, until people are, first of all, in Christ. But then we have to understand what it means to be in Christ. And then what are we supposed to do about that? So let's finish this sentence. told you last time we would break this into two parts under the heading, The Worthy Walk of Oneness, because it is all about our unity. The Worthy Walk of Oneness, as we're going to see elaborated in Ephesians 4, 2, and 3 today, is a walk of humility, a walk of gentleness, a walk of patience, a walk of tolerance, a walk of diligence, and a walk of doctrine. Now, the first five of those words come straight from the text. You'll see why the sixth one is there when we get there. Let's work through this. The worthy walk of oneness is a walk of humility. Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you've been called with all humility. That means with all possible humility. At every opportunity that we have a chance to demonstrate humility, we should. Now, what does humility mean? Well, the word that's translated humility literally means lowliness of mind. But what it means is it's the, it's the opposite of haughtiness, where you think so highly of yourself. It's the um, opposite of arrogance. It's the opposite of, of conceit. It comes from having a, a proper perspective of yourself and your relationship to Christ. It's recognizing that all that you have that really matters is from God. And therefore, all that you do for the glory of God is with that very desire that He be the one lifted up, not you. Now, that's exactly the opposite of the world's way of telling people how to be successful in life, the opposite of the world's way of assessing yourself. The world tells you, uh, believe in yourself. Uh, You can do anything you set your mind to. That's one really bad piece of advice and one bald-faced lie. Okay, You can't do anything you want to. I wanted to play in the NBA. Not going to happen. 
okay? Uh, that's a, it, it, I hate it when we train kids by lying to them. You know, there's a Santa Claus, there's an Easter bunny. You can be anything you want to be. No, you can't. But you must be what God calls you to be in Christ. And we need to understand, you don't need more self-esteem. You have that out the wazoo. No offense to Washington State, I didn't mean to say that. Um, (laughs) God says, look, I already know that you are in love with yourself. Now get busy spending as much effort on loving your neighbor as you do on loving yourself. You don't need better self-esteem. You need better, can we invent a word, um, uh, theo-esteem, God-esteem. You need a better understanding of who God is and what He has done for you. And when you get that and you understand who we are in Christ, together in Christ, You can't help but have unity because when you have a bunch of humble people wanting to glorify God out of thankfulness for what He's done for us in Christ, they're going to be outdoing one another to try to build build each other up. Humility is not cutting yourself down or discounting your ability. Humility is knowing who you are in God's hands and playing that part in the chorus, which is the body of Christ. True humility, by the way, doesn't talk about being humble. Um, It's not a way to talk. It's a way to live. After church, we'll set up a table out front. You can buy my new book, How I Became Humble. The dust jacket has a group picture of me on the back. Humility is, it's what you do. It's not what you talk about. Talk about truth. Talk about doctrine. Talk about God. Um, Teach, preach, exhort, reprove, rebuke. Build each other up. That is practicing humility, where you come alongside somebody and you you lift them up. You, You bring them along. I don't know who said it or I would give credit to them, but I agree. Humility has rightly been called the first, second, and third essential of the Christian life. We have to be willing to be what God wants us to be. Um, you're familiar with the words of 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 5 and 6. You younger men likewise be subject to your elders and all of you, younger, older, male, female, whatever you are, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another for God is opposed to the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you at the proper time. The worthy walk of oneness is a walk of humility. The worthy walk of oneness is also a walk of gentleness. That's the next word. With all humility and gentleness, verse 2. Gentleness is the word that you're probably If you've been around for a while and maybe had older translations of the Bible, you're probably more accustomed to seeing this word translated meek or meekness. Remember, we ran across it in the Beatitudes, blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. And most people know that, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit um, the earth. There's not a thing wrong with the word meek, except that in its normal usage, it has come to have a rather passive negative, wimpy sort of connotation to it. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.